0: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The Eric Erickson Show. You can always go to EWerickson.com. Uh, that's the website for the radio show. You can get what I'm writing. Click on the live stream if you're not near your radio and, and you can hear me live. Or uh, There's a 24-7 stream that just repeats this show f- until the next day uh, when the new show starts. All, all that at EWerickson.com. Um, you can call in. I'm willing to take your phone calls. In fact, today is the last day that the regular call screener will be screening phone calls. He's going on vacation for a few days. And so you may be able to get past him. He might actually be in a good mood. Or he could be particularly stressed out, given all the packing he's going to have to do to get out of town tomorrow. We'll see. It's on you. 877-973-7425. Now... Democrats curled up in the fetal position, clinging to their binky, their blankie and their thumb, telling themselves it's all going to be okay now. We've got row. We've got voter anger. We can get people to the polls. Um there's a problem. Nothing works right now. And that ultimately is going to be the issue at the ballot box in November, and there's not a Republican controlled house or a Republican controlled Senate or a Republican controlled white house to blame. It's all the Democrats. At least 730 flights were canceled across the United States on Sunday evening, Delta alone canceled at least 224 flights on Sunday. United Airlines canceled 71 flights. American Airlines canceled 66 flights. Atlanta's Hartsfield-Jackson Two Dead Mayors International Airport was the most affected by Sunday's cancellations. United canceled 56 flights on Saturday, 70 flights on Sunday. United said it would cut 12% of its daily domestic flights. I mentioned last week the problems I had going to see my parents for Father's Day weekend, uh, and I noticed at the um, at the airport, I'm used to Delta flying uh, those little regional commuter jets to Baton Rouge, Louisiana from Atlanta. Uh, the the Bombardiers and the, the Embraers and the like, I'm used to them flying them. Instead, they had pulled out some uh, Boeing 717s and the like. Larger planes, more capacity. So they had reduced the number of flights and were flying bigger planes and still having shortages. But they were having less shortages there and less problems than with the smaller planes uh, flying more flights. It's a problem. Derek Thompson uh, writing in the Atlantic, the very first symptom of the general collapse was an old one. Nothing worked. That's from Doris Lessing's 1969 novel, The Four-Gated City. But it's hard to think of a better epitaph for the economic vibes of 2022. From the oil market to the baby formula market to the general sense of safety disorder, the United States seems to suffer from chronic nothing works syndrome. And the latest is air travel. Security lines are getting brutally long. Cancellations and delays are spiking. The major carriers, JetBlue, American, and Delta, canceled nearly 10% of their flights last weekend, in addition to what just happened this this current weekend. Uh, and there are all sorts of problems. So one of the things that happened is in 2020, air travel was down 70%. They laid off a lot of people. Delta shed 30% of their employees, 30,000 people. American laid off 30% of their staff with buyouts, early retirements, and the like. Uh, They were trying to get as lean as possible to help their budgets and their balance sheets, and it worked. But now air travel has come roaring back, and they don't have enough people. They don't have enough pilots. Then there are the regulations. If you're 65, you've got mandatory retirement because of the FAA you got to fly 1,500 hours before you're allowed to pilot commercial flights. And there are uh, rules around that for military aviators and, and professional schools that do pilot training and the like. But there's that. And then Boeing's got a, a shortage of 787s and 737s. Uh, they've got a backlog there, among other things. Then there's the TSA shortage. A lot of people don't want to go work for the TSA. So they're short of people as you've got more people in the airports. You're seeing an increasing number of cancellations. You're seeing an increasing number of just flat-out meltdowns. Uh, The legacy carriers, the big ones, Delta, United, American, uh, they tend to have more problems than the startups like Frontier and Spirit and really even JetBlue, although JetBlue is moving into legacy carrier startup. Southwest is also a... Legacy Carrier, one of the longtime big uh, name brands, but this is a larger spillover problem. It's not just air travel, but for a lot of people, air travel is where they're going to experience it higher ticket costs, more delays and cancellations, longer lines at airports. And when they get into the airport, they're going to find a lot of the old restaurants and shops that used to be there closed. And it's going to be a visible sign that something's not right with the economy. In the same way with gas prices, gas prices fell a little over the weekend. They're down, but they're still high. And people are still having to make cutbacks in order to put gas in their car. And people are having to make cutbacks to buy groceries. And that, of course, is having a spillover effect into the service industry and the hospitality industry. Uh, When people go out to eat at restaurants, things are more expensive. Less people now are going. They're trying to save money. They're having a spillover effect there, and it's just rippling through the economy. And on top of that, you have another massive migrant wave headed to our southern border. It turns out over the weekend, kind of a a news drop day for the Biden administration, y'all may have missed this. The Biden administration on Friday after the Dobbs decision was announced that ended Roe v. Wade, the Biden administration announced it was canceling a bunch of court hearing dates for illegal aliens who are roaming the country. De facto amnesty. They're allowing a bunch of illegal aliens who came into this country. They let loose from detention facilities to roam the country until court dates. They've now canceled those court dates. And now how are they going to get in touch with those people to give them new court dates? They're not. They've given them de facto amnesty. And now another wave is coming. Another food supplier closed in Tennessee. This one makes pre-processed and cooked uh, poultry dishes and beef dishes. Forget the name of it, uh, but it closed down. Uh, prices have gone up so much it can't make ends meet. Uh, can't uh, reasonably sell its products in grocery stores. Uh, sales are down, so they've shut down. Putting about 100 people out of work, that's going to impact groceries. You know, there's the conspiracy theory on the right about um, all the attacks on food processors. They're just asking questions. Just asking questions. Why are there so many? We have about 5,000 a year on a normal basis of these fires and other other um, things that hurt food processing facilities. It's actually not normal. People just haven't paid attention to it before, and now people are peddling into some sort of uh, conspiracy theory that people are out there trying to vandalize and ransack and supposedly fly airplanes into food processing facilities. It's not true. But it, people are certainly worried about it. You can tell where the conspiracy theories are. People are worried about food shortages. There are real food shortages around the world now. Ethanol prices have spiked significantly because of corn prices, because of transport costs and refining costs. And then the ethanol causes gas prices to go up. And when gas prices go up, it causes ethanol prices to go up. And, and the sixth circle repeats. Um these are all issues. These are all issues. And these issues are issues that the government is going to have to deal with. And these issues are issues that are going to shape people's vote in November. Democrats are so focused on on the the abortion situation. Some of the people who wanted to go to Washington and protest, their flights got canceled they may still be fired up about abortion in november but people aren't going to be talking about it outside of the media people are still going to be talking about gas prices and food prices uh, the general economic malaise in the country the stock market what's happening to their 401k and they're not going to see republicans in charge of any of those things i have a hard time believing that the Dobbs case, Roe v. Wade, is going to fire up as many people as the Democrats say it is. Outside of the number of Democrats who are already going to be fired up about January 6th or you name it, Um, going to fire up some at the margins. But I don't think it's going to fire up significantly enough people. Again, the polling suggests overwhelmingly that people in this country outside of the hardcore Democratic base are far more concerned about crime, immigration, and the economy than they are about this. And it's not going to change because things continue to keep getting bad, noticeably so as people venture further and further from home. That sort of stuff matters. Now, I want to squeeze in a phone call here before I go to break. Uh, Claudia, I want to go to you first. Welcome to the program. Hi, and thank you so much. I really respect your opinion. I don't agree with you most of the time, but I respect you. Um, So one of my girlfriends had an abortion the same time I was pregnant with my daughter, who's now 23, and she regrets it every single day. Every time my daughter completes a milestone like high school or college or now getting ready to get married. So my question to you is, how do we deal with women who don't have the support of their family or friends, don't have the money, the guys ran off somewhere, and they make the choice of having to have an abortion because they don't they don't have the financial help. I would like to physically start some type of program so there's a wraparound service so they don't have to make that costly decision that'll affect their life. You know, I, I, so I'm I'm glad you asked this question. Uh and, and don't hear me. I'm I'm not insulting you here. Please please don't hear that. I I'm just I'm I'm not surprised you don't know. Uh, because the media covers this so disparagingly, there actually are in every state, uh, here in Georgia in particular, there there are at least 100 um, pro-life pregnancy centers where women can go, they get their entire medical care while they're pregnant for free, they get cribs and diapers for free, they get um, planning on how to be a parent for free. Uh, they get uh, continuous doctor care for free. They get a support network of churches and local businesses willing to help them for free. Uh, you get and a massive amount of this stuff. Them? What's is that, that what it's called, Pro-Life? Is that, uh, no, what's it's the just name it, it, t- typically it's called a crisis pregnancy center. Okay. okay. And th- there are a ton of them and, and the media treats them as sinister organizations. But like I support one, my wife and I support one uh, in middle Georgia. And a a woman who finds out she's pregnant can go, and she will get free ultrasounds, free prenatal vitamins, free doctor's appointments, uh, free care on how do you even change a diaper, um, how do you you pick clothes for a baby, how do you breastfeed, how do you use a breast pump, uh, what do you do if you can't. They get discounts on uh, formula if they can't afford formula. They'll give them a crib and a rocking chair. They give them diapers for the first several months. Um, it, it's an amazing resource, and they've been there for a while, but people don't know these places exist. Now, not all of them give everything for free. Some of it is vastly reduced. You pay, but not a lot. But a lot of them are really, really free. Marco Rubio in the Senate has introduced a piece of legislation that will allow pregnant moms to get their first year of Social Security payments free. At birth of their child or uh, three months before their child is born, Um, they'll get their first year of Social Security payments then, and then it will push off their retirement by several months. So it costs absolutely zero to the taxpayer or to the Social Security system. You're just um, pre-filling Social Security payments to someone who's going to retire eventually, and you'll just put off the retirement by uh, several months. Um, you've got plans like that. You've got plans like Mitt Romney has a child care plan for, for families, uh, regardless of income, you'll get a uh, extended child tax credit to help with your taxes. Uh, it'll be real money in the pockets of people who make less than $200,000 a year. Uh, There are all sorts of plans out there that the Democrats have consistently blocked because they wanted people to believe the Republicans didn't care about children after birth. But these pregnancy centers around the country, they've been there for years, and so many people don't know they exist because the media disparages them if they ever cover them, and they try like heck to avoid ever covering them, but they're out there. Uh, You really do have a social service movement funded largely by churches in this country— That extends well beyond the birth of the child into early childhood and, of course, with Catholic charities, even into the education of the child later in life. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use and now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. More importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do this deep dive research if I need to, and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, You can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, they've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. Takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi, y'all. I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it, and I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com/eric to learn how you can win up to a thousand dollars in stock when you open an account. That's S-O-F-I dot com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member Finra Sipic. My goodness, I'm I'm watching a video. uh happened overnight here in uh, Aquaba in Jordan. A crane dropped a tank with poisonous gas. The poisonous gas exploded out of the tank. At least 10 people are dead. 251 people injured. You just see this yellow cloud spread out across uh, the landscape, Uh, people trapped in the cloud. Uh, You can see several of them no longer moving as the cloud subsides. Um, My goodness gracious, Um, awful, awful tragedy that has happened in Jordan. Uh, uh, Explosion of poisonous gas there. Uh, Accidental, uh, the crane broke and dropped the tank. Um, Um, By the way, I w- maybe we'll put this uh, that video in the show notes tomorrow um one of the videos that's in the show notes today uh completely unrelated to that is the fight that broke out uh clearly the the teams were confused they thought they were in the Stanley Cup playing hockey. they were actually on the baseball field. it was just this massive brawl uh goodness gracious it was bench clearing what is that that's the the angels. And who are they playing? Uh, Seattle. And it's just this massive, just, just bench clearing like real fight, bro, like real fight. Um, nobody on the sidelines dancing. I mean, they're there storming across, beating the hell out of each other. Um, that video is in show notes. You, If you subscribe, you see it. Um, if you text the word show to 33777, you can get the podcast link. Um, you can get the live stream link. You can also, at the bottom, get the show notes. Only paid subscribers get the daily show notes. All the stuff, I talk about all the links to the Roy Texera stuff, the polling, all of that is in the show notes, but you got to be a subscriber to get it. Um, I don't have time to do... If those of you who are on phones, if you will be patient with me, I'll get to your phone call uh, when we come back. Out of the gate, 877-973-7425. Holy cow, I'm just watching the video from this fight. I mean, they're really like flipping over into the dugout, beating each other up. Goodness gracious. Um, The other thing I I, I want you to know that's also in the show notes email is the polling, uh, YouGov polling. I've got the, I want to read for you the actual list of the polling. This is from The weekend, So the Dobbs decision has come out. What you need to know about uh, this sort of polling as well is that the, um, no, I take that back. Um, the the Saturday, Friday was the, the last day of the poll. Uh, but what you need to understand about this is that these sorts of polls tend to favor Democratic voters. Let me read you. 80% of voters say the economy matters. 82% say inflation matters. 57% say gun policy matters. 58% say crime matters. 45% say immigration matters. Uh, abortion, 42%. 42%. Now, when you take a high, medium, and low priority together and combine them, number one issue, economy, number two, inflation, number three, Russia, Ukraine, number four, immigration, number five, abortion followed by guns, climate, crime, January 6th, and COVID. January 6th and COVID don't matter to anybody. It's going to be interesting to see how the Democrats pivot on January 6th in light of the Dobbs case. Are they going to try to keep it alive? We'll see. Your phone calls when we come back, and I was wrong, I'll admit it. As promised, now's the time to go to some calls. 877-973-7425 is the number. David, you're up next. Welcome. Hi, David. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How about yourself? Not bad. My question for you, sir, is I'm a general contractor in the Atlanta area, and in our workforce is probably 99% Hispanic. With all the illegals crossing, what is going to be the new hiring terms or policies to hire these people legally? Oh, you know, that's going to be interesting because uh, if they're illegal, you technically can't hire them. Uh, so what are they going to do? I mean, what's going to happen undoubtedly is you're going to find them either working on farms or in homes uh, as day laborers um, doing it that way. that they, they may be able to apply for some of the programs the government has where they can get work numbers. Um, it, there's going to be a lot of document forgery along the way. It's going to become a problem. I mean, again, if you're just tuning in, the Biden administration, one of the things they have done is um, they have canceled hearings for the illegal immigrants who came across the border and they let loose. They've now canceled hearings for them, giving them essentially de facto amnesty. They don't know where they are now. Uh, they canceled their court appearances, and they don't have to keep track of them. That's going to be a problem. Uh, Delaney, is that, am I pronouncing your name right? It's Delane, Eric. Delane, welcome. Thank you. Um, Eric, I'm calling for, uh, to discuss your your thoughts on the the June 25th article from Fox News that two University of Georgia Uh, professors provided the map of the pregnancy centers that you know and our family also supports one so thank you for supporting the one you support look uh, um, yes uh, two pro-abortion professors Uh, The University of Georgia created a map of the pregnancy centers around the nation. Uh, They're pejoratively referred to as anti-abortion centers uh, by a lot of pro-abortion activists. And this map is being used to uh, facilitate a terror campaign against these pregnancy centers. Overnight, uh, another one was attacked in Colorado, It was vandalized and firebombed. There have been uh, about four of them firebombed in the last two weeks, uh, more than a dozen vandalized. This map is being used. Now, listen, um, these professors have the right to publish the map. And frankly, even for pro-lifers, a map is useful to show how many there are. Uh, That they publish the map and the data uh, is separate from the map and data being used for uh, foul play by progressive activists. Uh, What is notable, however, is that their map is being used and they've refused to take it down. Uh, But at this point, uh, someone's just going to copy the data and put it back. What's notable, though, is how the federal government is doing very little about this to stop the attacks. Um, That, frankly, is um, is the big notable thing here that these attacks are happening and so many members of the media are giving them a pass. In fact, Bloomberg News today has another disparaging article on pro-life uh, pregnancy centers. Uh, they would, they're would they trying to make them sound very sinister. Uh, that, for example, if a teenager is Googling uh, for pregnancy centers, so the pregnancy center, if they click through to the pregnancy centers, captures the data just like everybody else does on the Internet. But somehow it's sinister when it happens there. They, they have no interest in being truthful about him. i want to have a heart to heart you know in 2016 i didn't support donald trump i didn't vote for him didn't vote for hillary clinton i was told by not voting for trump i was voting for hillary well actually he won without my support and i'm glad i was wrong and i've said that before but i think in light of the dobbs decision it needs to be said again that uh, we would not have gotten the Dobbs decision but for Donald Trump beating Hillary Clinton. And I was not a part of that um, and and make no claim to having been a part of that. I, I wound up supporting him because he proved me wrong on a lot of issues. He allowed the conservative movement to lead him instead of him leading the conservative movement. And it was the conservative movement that picked Kavanaugh and Barrett and Gorsuch, and Donald Trump went along with it. It was Leonard Leo of the Federalist Society who vetted these people along with other pro-lifers in the movement. Uh, ben Sass, in particular with Amy Coney Barrett, played a vital role in, in that. I'm glad I was wrong in 2016. Uh, my thinking in 2016 is that uh, character counts, and I still believe that, and I still have fundamental problems with Donald Trump because of it. Uh, character counts. And I think we set dangerous precedent when we uh, put aside character. That doesn't mean I thought Hillary Clinton had better character. I didn't like either one of them. Uh, Where I was wrong in 2016 is I really assumed that people would go for Hillary Clinton and just didn't realize, like, I know I didn't like her. But I didn't realize everybody hated her. I mean, my gosh, I was talking to a buddy of mine, Andy, last night, was sitting on the front porch with me and said the moment he knew that Trump had a chance in 2016 was he was doing work in Philly during the Republican convention, and a bunch of these union guys, black and white, were saying they're voting for Trump. They hated Hillary so much. Good. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad I was wrong. Uh, But, you know, because I was wrong, there were a couple of things. First, I just decided I would go third party. And in 2020, realized that uh, it's always going to be a Republican or a Democrat. And at that point, given my choice between Donald Trump, who kept his promises and did a lot for the country versus Joe Biden. I mean, Trump is obviously you got to go with Trump. But also uh, beyond that. It forced me to exercise a little humility in how I see the world and politics. Having been in politics and the like, uh, having missed 2016 so badly, uh, it necessitated a level of recalibration. What did I get wrong and why did I get it wrong? And one of those things, obviously, was the level of antipathy for, Do- for Hillary Clinton by so many people. But also Donald Trump's ability to bring into politics a lot of people who sat on the sidelines. Perhaps the most important thing 2016 taught me by being wrong was something I think many people on the left haven't figured out. I didn't jump to, in the same way in 2020, I didn't jump to stolen election. I didn't in 2016 think stolen election. Many of the very same people who think that 2020 was legit in 2016, they were the stolen election crowd. They thought Russia stole the election for Donald Trump. It was never true. Hillary Clinton was a terrible candidate and saying Russia stole the election for Trump was an easy way for Democrats to avoid having to uh, note that they nominated the least popular politician in probably American history to be their nominee. A stolen election is just too too easy. And, you know, there are a lot of people who say uh, now, well, you got 2016 wrong. How can we believe you about 2020? Well, because, you know, I actually did the work to put in time to understand what was going on. But I still know the basics of the law, the Constitution, and the way elections work, uh, which is why I can say that 2020 wasn't stolen. And for the same reasons in 2016, uh, I didn't get Hillary Clinton would be so unpopular she would lose. In 2020, a lot of Trump supporters, I think, didn't get how unpopular he had become with a lot of people who really did decide uh, the election based on mean tweets. And now look at what happened. Uh, A lot of people who decided that they would prefer uh, Joe Biden for some semblance of normalcy than Donald Trump's daily drama. Well, now they've gotten inflation and gas prices and uh, supply chain issues and the like. I still got problems with Trump. Don't get me wrong. I, I I, endorsed him, supported him, had on his family on the show uh, in the 2020 campaign, uh, said I would vote for him. And I, I still think as septuagenarian, he needs to step aside. If he ran again, he could legitimately only serve four more years when any other Republican on planet Earth could serve eight. And you're going to need four just to undo the damage of Biden, uh, let alone a uh, reset. But in in getting 2016 wrong, and this is the important point here, it forced me to sit down and say, how did I get it so wrong? I mean, I was convinced. The polling and everything, I was convinced. And here's what I came up with. I missed updated trends in American politics and the number of disaffected people who Donald Trump gave a voice to who were willing to come into politics who had sat on the sidelines, abused and betrayed by both political parties. I missed that and I missed that everybody else hated Hillary Clinton as much as I did. And what I find in the conversations of the here and now is that while I did the work to try to figure out how I got it wrong, the media and the Democrats have never done that work. They have fallen back on stolen election 2016 stuff. They, they can't understand the same thing that I understood, that Donald Trump gave voice to a lot of people who felt marginalized by politics. Now, some of those people, let's just be honest, uh, they felt marginalized by politics because they were victims of their own choices, couldn't accept responsibility. And Donald Trump sounded like he would come in and, and throw punches at all the people they hated, who they blame for their own life's failures. And those people will stay uh, disaffected. We see a lot of those people uh, very vocally in this uh, anti-Brian Kemp stuff in Georgia and the like. Uh, they're just very bitter people. And Donald Trump uh, gave them a a hammer with which to go after their enemies, and and he's lost, and they want to just keep hammering everybody they don't like as opposed to trying to find a way to work within the existence of the parties. It's interesting that Republicans after 2020 overwhelmingly identified as the party of Trump, and now they actually identify overwhelmingly as the Republican Party with Trump secondary to them. There's an evolution going on, and I missed it in 2016, and have tried to pay attention to it since then, and in paying attention to the trend lines, what I'm more aware of than anything is how the Democrats have not. The Democrats have not been able to evolve. The Democrats look at 2016 as an anomaly, as a fluke, and I actually wound up looking at it after it was over as a a precursor, a harbinger of things to come, a realignment of American politics like we haven't seen before. And I don't know how it'll shake out. I don't know how the parties will line up. Within the Republican Party, uh, the strong nuclear force is the thing that holds an atom together, holds the nucleus of an atom together. And the strong nuclear force for the Republican Party has been Roe v. Wade. And the Supreme Court snuffed out that strong nuclear force on Friday. So you can expect the Republican Party to fracture in a variety of ways, from big government conservative to small government conservative to populist to nationalist, you name it. The Democrats will be galvanized to some degree, but there are fractures even there they refuse to see, the shift of Hispanic voters to the right, the shift of young black men to the right. Uh, They they don't own the suburbs. The suburbs were just rented by them, and the suburbs are shifting back to the right. And they're so convinced that everyone is as pro-abortion as they are, they think that the case will matter more than anything else, and the data shows it won't, but they can't interpret the data soundly. The bottom line is that after 2016, I got that wrong, and I thought, you know what? Maybe shut up and do a little more listening and reading and researching and talking to people. And the Democrats... Because of their absolute uh, being convinced that they're always right, they're always in the majority, and everything history works in their favor, they never exercised any level of humility to shut up and figure out why they were wrong. And they've been missing everything ever since. 2018 was obvious to swing back to the Democrats because the party that holds the White House tends to lose. And they saw that as a reaffirmation of what happened and they saw 2020 as a reaffirmation of what happened as opposed to realizing that down ballot, all the Democrats did badly. Trump was the only one hurt. That's why so many Trump supporters say the election must have been stolen because he was the only one hurt as opposed to he was the only one hurt and all the Democrats were hurt because voters got tired of the drama of the rioters on the left and of Trump's tweets. And that's why I think when 2022 comes and the Democrats are just adamant that abortion is going to, to win the day for them. or like, if you reassess, if you look, if you exercise some level of humility and just understand what you got wrong and try to understand why you got it wrong, what I think you will find is that the Democrats and the media are increasingly in such a, an impenetrable bubble, they've kind of lost the national pulse. And Donald Trump found the national pulse. And there are other people finding that pulse. Ron DeSantis is finding that pulse. A guy like Elon Musk is finding that pulse. It's not that hard to figure out what the national pulse is. And right now, a lot of that national pulse is just a seething resentment towards the elite and the institutions of the elite in this country, and people wanna push back because the elite in this country have decided if the technocrats could just be in charge, everything would be okay. If the markets are in charge, well, the markets are powered by the decisions of the people and the people are bad, so we can't let the markets be in charge, we have to let the technocrats be in charge. And unfortunately for them, the technocrats don't have as many votes as the people, and the people are in full revolt against the elite and the technocrats they've put in charge. And if you understand that, you might be able to make sense of what's happening in the country. But first, you got to acknowledge when you got it wrong. Now, this isn't an acknowledgement of something I've gotten wrong. It's just an acknowledgement of changed circumstances. For years, I was the only conservative radio show host who never wanted to tell you that maybe precious metals might be able to help you with your retirement. Uh, and it's because we weren't in the Jimmy Carter era economy. Suddenly we're in an economy as bad or worse than Jimmy Carter's economy. And that's when precious metals really helped with IRAs, 401ks, so many retirement places didn't even exist in the Carter economy that you've got. Now you might want to spend some time with my friends at Goldco and see a physical gold and silver, not certificates of gold and silver, but actual gold and silver can help you. Call 855-904-5933. You'll get a free wealth protection kit. You'll learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. So call my friends at GoldCo. Find out how you qualify for their offer. They've helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation and stock market crashes. They can help you too. Let me just give you the number, let me uh, just give you Eric's. Uh, text the word Eric, E-R-I-C-K, my name, to 33777. I'll give you Gold Goldco's phone number. Uh, text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, and see if Goldco could be a good fit for you for planning your retirement. The phone number is 877-973-7425. This just in, uh, electiondaily.com. They have made some changes right now. Their predictions, uh, in particular from Joseph Szymanski of Decision Desk HQ and Election Daily, uh, is uh, the House, 220 Republicans, 191 Democrats with 24 toss-ups. The Senate, 49 Republicans, 47 Democrats, four toss-ups. Governor, two Democratic flips in Massachusetts and Maryland, one uh, Republican flip in Kansas, and four toss-ups, Arizona, Nevada, uh, Maine, and Wisconsin. Uh, Now, what does this actually mean as far as the data goes? Well, uh, California has shifted uh, a lot of them towards the GOP. Uh, Nevada, two congressional districts, the first and the fourth, have leaned to toss-ups from Democrat. Uh, Texas 28 has gone from lean Democrat to toss-up. Texas 34 has gone from likely dim to lean dim, which is interesting. Uh, Most notably, though, at the Senate level, the GOP is going to have 49. There are four toss-ups. If the GOP wins two, then you get a Republican Senate. Now, Pennsylvania is a worry for the GOP. Dr. Oz turns out to be a very unfavorable candidate there. He's not very good on the campaign stump, among other things. Um, They could lose that one. That would give the Democrats a seat. But in Georgia, despite Herschel Walker's flaws, as I've said, he's Herschel Walker. He can win. And it looks like he could in Georgia. That would be a GOP pickup. In Nevada, um, it it looks like that's going to be a a GOP pickup with Adam Laxalt there as well. Uh, Arizona is the wild card with Mark Kelly. The GOP is having some serious problems there. Republican voters in in Arizona just seem intent on picking the worst possible Republican in that state uh, across the board. And so the Democrats may hold that one. Uh, but you pick up Georgia, you pick up Nevada, you pick up the Senate if the GOP holds Wisconsin, uh, which looks likely. Uh, Now, when we come back, another big day at the Supreme Court, we've got to get into the Kennedy case that has the left freaking out again today.